What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Next on the OHIO podcast... The Buckeyes backed their way into the CFP, and Luke Fickle is now the head coach of Wisconsin. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckhead Boggs, recording live from beautiful North Central Ohio. Chilly North Central Ohio, but a North Central Ohio with hope and feeling a little bit revived and just a whole different scenario than it was a week ago at this time, guys. I'm joined by Chris and Aaron. Chris, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Eric. Chip in a chair. That's all you need. That's what they say in poker, man. A chip in a chair. We, we, got our, it, we got our chair. There you go. That's it. We're in. We got we got something to play with here. And uh, I'm feeling really good about this. Aaron, how are things going, down for, uh, going for you down in Texas, man? Pretty good. Started a 30-day leave, so uh, I'll be at home hanging out with the kids. Austin starts school tomorrow. Um, a lot of good things. I'm, you know... Inducted, getting inducted into the uh, Golden Key Honor Society for college. So uh, that starts Thursday. So uh, a lot of good things going on. Oh, and I might add the Buckeyes made it into the CFP. So there's that. Yeah. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say you were going to be inducted into the Turkey Bowl Hall of Fame. I might be. I might be. <laughs> it's on the table still. Nobody said I wasn't going to be. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right, guys. By now, you know the drill. Calling all Ohio fans. In just a few weeks, DraftKings Sportsbook will be live. Starting January 1st, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $200 in free bets when you sign up today using code OHIOPODCAST. Plus, five lucky customers will win a $100,000 free bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code OHIOPODCAST to get $200 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Ohio. Plus, five customers will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code OHIOPODCAST only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-589-9966, 21-plus, physically present in Ohio. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements, one per customer, $200 issued at as 
2500 $25 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Voidware prohibited. Ends first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Ohio. See terms and official rules at dkng.co slash oh. All right, Aaron. Chip in, a t- uh, chip in a chair, Chris said. We're in it, baby. What do you think? I think that uh, things just fell in our our lap. You know, it just we you know we kind of thought that we would get in the back door here, and and we did. Thankfully, uh, we got a, a very large and uh, physical hurdle <laughs> ahead of us in the way of a national title. But uh, we'll get into that as the weeks roll on. Um, I've I've watched a lot of Georgia this year as I did that team up north just because they're the defending champions. And, you know, I kind of figured they might be in a similar position. But uh, I, I, I like our chances, but we are going to have to bring it. We can't be conservative. Um, I think Coach Day uh, mentioned in a I don't know if it was a press conference or just a, a small interview or what have you, but. He said they were going to play a little more loose and aggressive, and that's what it takes, man. That's what it's going to take to beat Georgia, and we're going to have to not be scared to do things that we're not used to doing. Uh, C.J. Stroud, you know, he's going to have to run a little bit, and I don't mean necessarily designs, but if it's there, take it. Uh, The defense, I'm just excited for this matchup, guys. I've been wanting to see Ohio State play Georgia uh, anyway. And now it's like it's for a, a CFP semifinal. So, like, I'm extremely excited for this opportunity. And I think that is it's awesome that we made it. And I know a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, Alabama is tougher and they have a better shot. Well, apparently not because they lost twice. So there's that. Um, but outside of that, man, I'm, I'm just pumped. How do you guys feel about it? Go ahead, Chris. I'll tell you, I, I was a little unsettled at first by the seeding. Okay, I really felt if Ohio State was undefeated, was a better team than undefeated TCU, then it should stand a reason that a one-loss OSU is better than a one-loss TCU. Because honestly, I felt the loss to number two Michigan was a little better than the one to number ten Kansas State. That being said, you know I really dove into TCU's schedule, and I, I went back and. I actually caught a few of their uh, some highlights of some of their games, and this is a good TCU team. And they, you know, they're five and one against top twenty-five opponents through the, the season. They are legit. Uh, you know, I think that they've got a great feisty quarterback who I think played himself in a loss into serious Heisman contention. Um, you know, he and Stroud have very similar numbers passing, but you know, this Duggar kid. 500 yards rushing almost on the season and his toughness and leadership are amazing. So, you know, yeah, I I think that the the committee got it right. As much as it pains me to say, I think the committee got it right. Um, And and Aaron, you mentioned watching Georgia. I watched a little bit of Georgia this year, but especially in that game versus LSU, I think you're right. I think we've got some matchups that can create them problems. You know, I noticed a lot that, you know, if you can find the open spots in their zone as a receiver, Man, you can eat him up. LSU was getting yards in big chunks. Uh, so I think, you know, I think we are in a better situation in our receiving room and our quarterback room than what LSU is. And they moved the ball pretty well passing. So, yeah, I, I like what, what we've got ahead of us. And you know what? Can you guys think of anything better than Day getting his rematch opportunity for a national title? I can't. I mean, this is... This is very unique and it could be unprecedented in um, in what we're about to witness. Now, there is that giant hurdle ahead of us, like Aaron said, and I agree with you, Chris. I think uh, this is not the 2021 version of Georgia, especially defensively. That being said, I want to address the fact that we made it in. We needed we needed Utah to do what we all thought they were going to do. And <clears throat> there might have been a little bit of hope on our predictions there when we all picked Utah to to beat USC. But, you know, thinking back on it, Utah's got their number. I was pretty confident that Utah could win that game. And the fact that they dominated in the second half against USC the way they did, at the end of the day, I felt very – um, justified in how I'm watching these games play out, <clears throat> which which kind of makes me feel that 
you know, we aren't bad when we're picking these games. Um, Ohio State has got some flaws. There's no doubt about that. Those flaws have been exposed in the second half of the season. But when you get to the postseason now, which is going to be something moving forward starting in 2024 that is going to be very unique, it's a whole new lease on life. And if we recall back to the 2014 National Championship run, that team was not the same football team that lost earlier in the season to Virginia Tech, but they weren't even the same football team that played Michigan in in week 12. They were a completely different football team by the time they got to Alabama. And I just have a little bit of a feeling, guys, <coughs> that maybe this football team looks at this new lease on life and can turn the corner a little bit. And a big part of that, I think, is going to be, number one, their health, and number two, the confidence in the play calling from the coaching staff. Now, that second part is more on the relies more on the shoulders of Ryan Day, and, uh, and um, we need to see that. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not against – he's not going to get a warm-up match here uh, against the Rutgers or a – uh, you know, uh, someone of, of that caliber, it's against the defending national champions. So if we're going to do this, if we're going to come all the way from behind here and pull off another miracle, then why not start by cutting the head off the stake in Georgia, just like we had to do against Alabama in 2014. Hey, so, Eric, yes. That being said, you know, and, and everything I've said, I still want to go, go on record though as saying, I still have my questions about Day, and he's going to have to show me something. And I stand by my statement I made a couple weeks ago, or, you know, after that that loss, that, you know, if Day doesn't go out there and win this thing at this point and show that he can beat top-tier teams consistently, you know, it might be time to make a move. Well, I I would like to point out, too, you know, a a team is extremely dangerous, especially one like Ohio State after a loss. Okay, I I would rather have a team with a loss that has felt the sting of defeat going into this tournament or invitational, whatever you want to call it, um, than one that's undefeated and and is on like a high horse. You know what I mean? I I would rather see that happen if uh, and Chris, as far as what you're saying, I think if 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 Coach Day can keep it close, even in a loss, if he can keep it close, I th- I feel like he's proven something. No, no, sorry. I, I, well, this is another show, obviously, but yeah, you know, I just I can't get on board with that. Not after two consecutive losses to to that team at North. Um, I'm Andy not going debacle the year before i'm not going to try to to argue with you chris and try to change your mind i just i guess i'll say i'm leaning more towards what aaron's viewpoint is here and when it comes to ryan day but here's i mean and again you're right this is a this is a topic for another day but i I, to answer your question real fast there is literally nothing they can do right now if they were to let go of, of ryan day there, Luke Fickle's not leaving Wisconsin now, not for a while. He's not going to turn around and leave Wisconsin. And I'm sorry, you're not going to go back and get Urban Meyer. That ship has sailed, dude. It's sailed. He's not coming back. Urban Meyer, he's not he's not the same football coach he was when he was effective in college. The the, the entire landscape of college football has changed completely, and that guy has got a little bit of um. A little bit of stain on him now, not only for what he did to Florida and not only for how he left at Ohio State, but for what happened in the NFL, Chris. And I like I like the guy and I I, I can I I agree with your enthusiasm that he would not have let uh, happen what has happened the past couple years. But I also don't think Ryan that Urban Meyer would have gone 11 and 0 up into that game either. Perhaps not, perhaps not. But you know what? I just, again, given what we have seen the last couple years out of this team, given what we have wasted talent-wise at the quarterback position over the last four seasons, you know, I just, he's got to show me something 
this, you know, right now, this, I'll call it the new season in this new season, this next two game season, he's got to show something. Um, I noticed this week on several other podcasts, including some national ones that the topic I brought up about Ryan Day's kind of learning on the job and kind of receiving his bumps and bruises uh, here early on in his coaching career is something that a lot of people have been talking about, especially on the national level. Aaron, do you think that's a fair statement? And is is Ohio State, because this was basically what came out from those discussions, Ohio State's not really the place where you can afford to do that. I mean, you're it is fair to say, you know, he's taken his lumps. It's his first head coaching gig, to my knowledge, at any level. Uh, and he took a very tradition-rich program. And, you know, you can argue that he he's done a lot of damage with Urban's players. But he's also recruited some of those guys in here. It wasn't like Urban Meyer by himself went and did all of this. You know, Ryan Day's been on the staff since, what, 2017, 26? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 17. So, I mean, you can't – it's not even fair to say that these are all Urban's guys because that's that's just not true. Um, as far as what, you know, the national media is saying, I think that it is fair to say he's taken his lumps, and, and it's it's tough. You know, I, I feel like he has handled the pressure very well. Yeah, he's lost to Michigan twice. Okay, you know, let's let's see what's what what the future holds. That's all we really can do at this point because we can't go backward in time. But, you know, you're going to take lumps. Uh, you know, Luke Fickle had to go down to Cincinnati to do it. And, you know, the, it's it's just different strokes for different folks. You know, Urban yeah. and uh, the Ohio State University felt like Ryan Day was ready to take this position. And I mean, given the records that we've had in the in the bowl games and the wins that we've had, I feel like that's that's been true so far. I understand your passion, Chris, and your your um, your stance makes a lot of sense to me. And it's 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 kind of hard for my perspective to try to defend uh, the opposite side of that fence, Chris, because I'm more like you as far as the passion and the anger uh, of, of losing that game and not so much, not just much losing it, but how we lost it yeah. um, is, is uh, I think gives more credence to your your stance but i just feel like hey let's 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 see what happens here let's see how they look i mean if we can get a healthy jackson smith and the jigba back and we have a healthy running back room i'm just thinking we're gonna see a completely different football team than what we saw at the end of the season man i just got a feeling i hope you're right but at the same time you know, I don't know 100% that the players have been the problem or even the injuries have been the problem. D- that, I have that is- doubts about the the preparation, the physicality, and the play calling. Yeah. Those That's a fair statement. The players. It's a fair statement, man. Uh, absolutely. And I'm glad that we don't always agree on 100% on everything because that would make for a boring show. But, Aaron, you had an interesting question presented to you this week, did you not? Yes, I did. And I'll tell you, um, it was it, it came from somebody that's in my unit. Uh, he's actually one of the medics that we have, and he's from that state up north, and he is a that team up north fan. But we keep it professional, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, nah, he's actually a really good dude. And, uh, you know, he's he's really good to talk to. He's he's he knows his stuff with with college football and and he's a fan just like us. Like he's he is in depth with his team. And he pays attention to the rest of the league as well. And, you know, he's just like us, honestly. Um, but he he texted me, uh, I think it was Saturday. Um, and he goes, I'm just going to read some of this off just so you guys, you know, you know what's going on here. He said, honest opinion, should conference championship week play a factor in CFP rankings? I told him that I saw it both ways, but because it's a game that counts toward a team's record, I feel like it should factor in. And he said, true, he didn't think of that, think of it that way. But it's also a game that if lost, a team that did not have the opportunity to play in that week gets into the playoff. Um, And he actually expressed that he thinks USC loses, and they did, and possibly TCU, who also lost. Now, one of those teams, like he said, in fairness, lost out on an opportunity at the playoff, being USC. TCU 
got a little luckier, but TCU was undefeated. So there's, you know what I mean? There's that. Um, and I told him also uh, that, that, you know, that that's exactly why I see it both ways, because it seems unfair for teams to risk a loss in a conference title game and therefore a CFP berth when other teams are not put in that position. Um, and I think that conference title games should be moved to like a go, no go format that doesn't count toward their record if that's going to be the case. But then we have to consider doing away with conference title games because they're kind of meaningless at that point. It's literally just a trophy. And like if it has no bearing on anything, why play it? Because it, it's not going to you know, automatically qualify you or anything like that. Um, and I, I told him, I said, I think that everything's going to move back to the way the Big Ten used to do it. No divisions, just teams with the best record going to win their conference. Uh, but then again, how do you, you know, it, it, it's it's a really in-depth conversation, guys, because when you go back to that, how do you handle the tiebreaker? You know, there has to be an outright for you to get an automatic berth in this new 12-team thing. And he mentioned this. He said when they changed to... Excuse me. When they change to the 12 team format, uh, give the conference champions an automatic bid. Uh, it's harder to do with 12, but, you know, kind of do what college basketball does with their March Madness and make a conference title worth it. And I said that that's that's definitely on the table and exactly how I would format it. All conference champions are automatic. And maybe we have the next best records as like wild cards. That way you're not risking an injury in a, con a meaningless conference title game uh, for nothing. So uh, I guess I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on this matter. Do you guys feel like conference championships uh, should count into these rankings and why? Go ahead first, Eric. <clears throat> yes. Um, I, I think you guys know my stance. I've been pretty vocal on my stance that I believe you should have to play your way into the college football playoff. And I think the best way to do that is through conference championships. I've, I've felt the conference championship should have been the first round of the playoff to begin with. And I know that sounds counterintuitive as a Buckeye fan right now, after backing our way into this thing, but that is how I have felt from the very beginning. Like in, in all honesty, if you told me today that the conf, the uh, CFP is Georgia, uh, that team up North, Utah and Kansas State or Clemson, whoever, I, how do you argue that? They won their conferences and they won their conference championships. You could say, well, they're not one of the best four. You know what? They were the best in their division and they were the, and they were the best on the day when it mattered to, to hoist the trophy from their conference. So I am all for that. But as we move forward in two years, none of that's even going to matter anymore because 12 teams is – it doesn't seem like a lot, but it really is a lot when you break it down from a football perspective. It is, and I, I think they're going to shorten the season because there's no way that they're going to let these guys play 16 games, seven, you know, 15, 16 games. Maybe they do. I don't know. But I feel like they're probably going to shorten it to 11 <laughs> games. Maybe 10. I don't know. Don't quote me on this uh, to the listeners or you guys, but I'm just kind of thinking out loud here because um, with 12 teams, you know, that's every conference champion would get in because not all the conferences play a conference championship game. I don't think, do they? I believe um, now they do. Yeah. Now, Big, now they do. I think Big Ten was basically the last one to get there. I'm not surprised. Big 12 was the last one. Big 12. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Because if you DC recall previously was the reason <laughs> that they instituted the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Correct. Yep. So, OK. So, I mean, it, it makes sense, you know, for 12 teams to have or 12. Yeah. 12 team playoff. You know, each one of those conference champions gets a shot, an automatic shot. Now, how those get seated, that's anyone's guess right there. But that's another discussion for another day, I think. But uh you know, determining the wild cards, would that just be the best of the rest? Would that just be what the the, the remaining? What? Well, I, I, at this, five teams is what I believe that comes down to the best ranked. So I think at that point, your 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 five conference champions are already in. Those are those are guaranteed. And well, you have. Well, hold you on. You got you got the group of five. And there's one from the group of five, yes. And then the, the the other six are then then the the top highest rated teams. That, that that's what I mean. 
How, so there's power five and group of five. So is that not 10 teams? There's 10 conferences? No. Yeah, but five power fives are automatic. And then one, the highest ranked group of five champion is in. Yes. Okay. And that's how they're going to do it? Yep. So this year it would have been Tulane. Last year it would have been Cincinnati. Okay. So I wasn't sure how they were going to format that. But if we move to automatic berths for the conference championship or champions, that leaves two wild card slots. Well, no, not the power five is still the the group of five is still just getting one. I know, but I'm I'm saying if they say if they if they move forward and say, you know, each conference champion gets a slot is what I'm getting at because yeah. I mean that would be complete fairness. The conference champions get a shot. Now, what you know is that quality so that's six? That's six right there. So the other half is then just highest ranked guy. No, no, Eric's saying if you break it down, and every conference champion gets it. No. So that group of five, if you break them down into five separate conference champions. Right. That's Yeah, they're not going to do that, though. Yeah, I don't think they would either, but it's just, I don't know. I guess it's just kind of fun to talk the about. Not there in that. I mean, yeah, yeah, nobody's trying to see, uh, I don't know, Ohio State beat the brakes off of Coastal Carolina. You know? well, <laughs> yeah, nobody's paying to see that. I got you. But I just thought that would be fun. But Chris, what what is what do you think about about all of this? Should conference championships play a factor into CFP? Absolutely, and this is the reason: your stats count. You can you can play your way into the the tournament. You can play your way into the Heisman. You know the wins and losses count. So why would it not count for the seeding purposes? Also, it, it could be you know grounds for possibly reseeding. Uh, you know, they have a purpose. And like Eric says, and like you were kind of alluding to, Aaron, if, you, if you're not going to make the conference championship matter, why waste time with it at all? Let's right. just go back and say, let's call it what it is. It's a popularity contest. We're going to take the teams we want to take, and, and that's it. We'll just go back to the AP. Right, yeah. That, that's but- really, essentially, if you don't have the conference championships – that, that's what it comes down to. You're, you're just going to go back to the AP days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm on board with you guys. I feel like it should count. Um, but I, he brought this question to my attention because he and his dad, his dad is like one of those maize and blue, can't take his glasses off. You know what I mean? He just, he it's 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 Michigan or it's nobody. That's just how he is. And he kind of saw the writing on the wall after USC had lost. And he felt, he felt like, Ohio State was going to get in the back door, which we did, obviously. And so he and his dad kind of got into this discussion, and he thought it would be fun to ask me what what I thought about it. And I told him I see it both ways because of, you know, of potential fairness issues. But, like, should Tulane have got in over us? I I don't think so. How do you justify a two-loss Alabama or a Tennessee without their the quarterback that, that got them to where they're at? You know, you can't, I don't feel like. So – I, I don't know. I, I Utah maybe had an argument, but then again, they got three losses. So yeah, they also got beat by Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Georgia fans, how they feel about that? Because I'll tell you what, they wouldn't have a national title right now. That's a fact. That is an absolute fact. Um, and I think they said it on the on the show today on the the, the reveal. We're the third team that, that has done this, correct? I think it was like Alabama, they, they Georgia. Did it one year and yep. won the national title. Georgia has done it. And then we're the third team to, to get it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So I don't know. I feel like the CFP got it right. And I feel like uh, that, that, you know, the conference championship should definitely count. I'm on board with you guys. <clears throat> Beautiful. Oh. Good discussion. Uh, all right, Chris, what you got? So, guys, uh, we, we've all had the opportunity to, to hear this now. We had a great soundbite sent in by Matthew Butcher, our our fan from uh, over the Pacific there in Australia. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of curious about. Yeah, let's let's actually work. Let's play the clip for everybody, Chris, so they can hear it, too. Yeah. And then we'll respond afterwards. Hey, Big Eric. How are you doing, buddy? Just working this uh, Thursday night in Australia, listening to this week's podcast. And I know I don't have... uh, I'm still learning all the uh, ins and outs of uh, the the hate between uh, us and the team up north. 
But listening to you guys, it's uh, it, it was painful. It's painful. I can hear the pain in your guys' voices. Like I got home from work. I got up at three o'clock last Sunday morning to watch it. And I'm laying in that first half going, we are, even though we're winning, we are no chance. We, are, we didn't feel, I didn't feel confident one bit. And that second half debacle was absolutely terrible. As I said to you during the week, my, my second daughter, Charlie, come out and said, Daddy, we're losing. I said, yes. And she said, we're losing to the team with Parramatta Colours. It was, oh mate, it, it was hard. And I, I listen to the podcast now. Uh, I can hear the pain in your guys' voices. But as always, man, you do a great job. Talk soon. So yeah, now that everyone has had a, a chance to hear this, I'm just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how you feel about what Matt, who is, you know, as he said, he's new to the rivalry. Uh, you know, he, he is a passionate fan of sport, a passionate fan of the Buckeyes. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he talked about how he could hear the pain and, and maybe the anger in our voices, you know. What was your takeaway from what you heard from Matt? Eric, since it was addressed to you initially, let's start with you. Yeah, so I found this incredibly interesting. And by the way, thank you so much, Matt, for um, – for sending that in. I, I just thought it was so cool to be able to hear your voice again, man. And uh, I just wanted to share it with everybody um, because it's, it's so awesome to me that we have struck up this, this friendship through the podcast, uh, despite the fact we're so, so far away mileage wise, but you and you and Grant were just uh, awesome to have and, and looking forward to uh, catching up with you guys again soon. Uh, that being said, you know, I think it's really interesting, fellas, to get the perspective of somebody who was not born into this rivalry. I don't think the world, <laughs> in, in this case, and the rest of the country understands the level of, I, I'm going to use a couple words here, hate and respect that these two teams and fan bases hold for one another. You know, let's take Sean, for instance. I love I love the guy, man. And I would do just about anything for that for that dude. And he would do the same for me. But on this day in this week, every year, I I can't stand the guy. (laughs) And I know he can't stand us because of this rivalry. And I just wish that the rest of the country and college football fans could feel and get a taste for what it's like that week and during that game to live and die on every play because of how much hatred and, like I said, respect you have for that opponent. Um You know, I just don't think there's anything else like it in sports. People try to tell me that Duke, North Carolina is like that in basketball. I disagree wholeheartedly. (laughs) Um, That Boston and and New York is on a level like that in baseball. Again, how can it be like that when you guys are playing each other? What is it, 18 times in a season, in a regular season? And not not to count postseason? I mean, it's just different. This is one game and maybe two for the first time ever. Um, But it's one game a season, one chance, one opportunity. And for the next 365 days, you get to brag as boastful and as loud and as obnoxious as you want. And there's nothing the other person can do about it because they took that L that day. I just find it fascinating as Matt, uh, grows as a Buckeye fan for him to learn and experience it. And how cool was it that he's learning and experiencing that through us? And when he said, I heard the pain in your voices, I think he under- is starting to understand just what it means to be a Buckeye fan, how passionate it, it really is to 
to be a Buckeye fan and to have such a heated rivalry with such a an opponent that um, is on your level, is on par with you, so similar to you, Aaron. Yeah, dude, I, I think you just nailed it right there. It, you know, him saying that he could kind of hear and feel the pain in our voice from that loss from for somebody all the way in Australia. I think that's that's such an amazing thing. You know, he he really is learning from us. And I think that that is a really that's also a really cool thing right there in and of itself. Um, the fact that he's learning from us about you know, Ohio State fandom and what it means to be a Buckeye. And he's starting to really understand this whole thing and putting it together. Um, I, I just I think it's amazing. Um, but, yeah, he 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 was right. There was pain in our voice uh, because the three of us lived through the 90s, you know, and, and that was a very, very rough period. Uh, and we all experienced it at different levels. I was a kid. Eric, you were a teenager, and Chris, Let's you were, not go Chris, there. Chris, was, Chris was damn near retired at the time, and uh, <laughs> so, um, but either way, you know, we all, and I didn't even know Eric in the 90s, we didn't know Chris, none of us knew each other whatsoever, but we all felt that same pain, that same frustration every November, seemingly, and now, you know, Matt is feeling it all the way in Australia. And I think that that is just such an amazing thing. Yeah. 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 I couldn't have said that any better. You know, you're absolutely right, Aaron. We, we all experience that pain. We know that pain. We, we, we lived through the Cooper years and, uh, you know, uh, thankfully Matt, you were out here for those. Hopefully we can get this ship right and you don't have to experience that. Uh, but you know, I think it is exciting that we have that, uh, really it's kind of a bond that we've developed with, with the, uh, Matt, you know, and I think it's, it's good for, it's been good for him to learn from us, but I think a lot of ways it's good for us to get that perspective from him as well. Um, you know, kind, kind of lets us know exactly where, where we're at and, you know, it tells us, you know, Hey, we, we are. We are as passionate about this as we think we are. <laughs> if, if you can hear that in our voices. So, yeah, I I'm, I was very excited to hear the clip from Matt. And again, Eric, I was with you down there at the game. And they, they're just such a couple of great guys. And I really, really enjoyed uh, hearing from them again. On that note, I also want to give a second shout out. This one is to Justin Bowman. Guys, I don't know if you saw the post he made, but... Uh, this is uh, I'm going to read this uh, post that Justin Bowman made. He said, just wanted to give a shout out to the OHIO podcast. I was checking out my most listened to podcasts for 2022 on Spotify, and this was number one. Love listening to Buckeye Boggs, the Wild Man, and Sergeant Aaron. Keep up the good work, guys. Shout out to Monk as well. So thank you very much, Justin Bowman, for such a positive message. And like I said, uh, we love being number one. So. <laughs> Yes. I, I got a question for you, man. Yeah. I, I know it's looking ahead a little bit. But have you started thinking about the wager part two? I have. I Ooh. have started thinking about it. And here's what I've determined. If it gets to that point. You I know think, you're going to have to pony up a lot. Mm-hmm. Guys, I, I, I don't know that I can. Like, like, you know what it's gonna take, Eric. You're gonna have to wear the the, the amazing. Hey, Chris, I Chris, huh, I've already been thrown up on once. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I don't need to be thrown up on twice. <laughs> uh, let's oh, not even talk about it. You're gonna have to take one for the team, bud. You're gonna have to wear that old piss and blue jersey. Uh, That's just how it goes, Aaron. I did last year, man. I did it. I've done it. I'm ashamed, uh, but I did it. I yeah. I, I did it. And, and, and I, you know what? Your wife has never looked at you the same, has she? She hasn't. She hasn't. <laughs> the relationship is on the fence. You know what but, I'm saying? But in all fairness, Eric, you know, you and Aaron are going up there to that game. Kind of feel like maybe that ought to be a twofer on that, that those maze. Ooh. Ooh. Well, okay. Ooh. I mean, well, Sean, I'm just telling you, go get him, buddy. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, but how do we? But you know, but you okay, know, but part two of this the, thing, the Eric, you won't have to worry about it. Yeah, 
but okay, Eric, part two of this thing, right? If we make a part two, what would you wager? Because I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do is Sean's going to have to paint half of his face scarlet and the other fa- the other half gray. I, I want to get a sh- I want to get a shirt made with a uh, big nut. <laughs> he has to wear has to wear a big nut shirt or something. Oh, dude, we should dress Sean up like Big Nut. <laughs> bald cap. <laughs> Get him a bald cap. That's a uh, lot of paint. Sean, listen, Sean's know? got a big head. Okay, that's a lot of paint. I don't know if we can afford that, but <laughs> we should dress him up like Big Nut. I just gotta say though, guys. First of all, y- you know, Sean kind of holds the upper hand here right now. I know. Dude, you're gonna have to make it really sweet to get him to entice entice them to something like that. Because he's holding all the chips right now. We'll he see, is. man. We'll see what happens. But uh if you wanna do what Matt did, Matt Butcher, and you wanna send us an audio clip, man, do that. I thought it was so cool. Maybe it's something new we can kind of start with the podcast where uh some of our listeners can send a, a minute or two audio clip of them talking to us, maybe asking us a question or giving their thoughts on a topic or something. I just think it's really cool and it may be something we can do down the road. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got some coaching changes in the Big Ten. One of them that really affects Ohio State, and we need to talk about it. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. Luke Fickle is no longer down in Cincinnati, but he's in Madison, Wisconsin, guys. First off, I want to get your uh, initial reaction on how shocked you were, and then I also want to get your reaction on how you think this will affect Ohio State moving forward. Uh, I'll start with you first, Aaron. So I'll be honest, this it, it, the hiring of Fickle up at Wisconsin felt like it was completely out of left field. I did not see that coming. I was with you guys. I figured, hey, you know, Coach Day has had a great measure of success here. He's going to move to the NFL because he's been there before, you know, the, the whole nine yards on that thing. And then Fickle would come in behind him. That's kind of what I thought was going to happen. And then he gets hired up at Wisconsin, of all places, um, and, and, and how this affects us is in recruiting big time because I brought it up. I think it was last week uh, in the, in the post show. And uh, you know, I said that Ryan day has got to recruit the state of Ohio better. Well, that's already hard. Okay. Now it's just gotten even harder because Luke fickle is Mr. Cincinnati. So, you know, those guys in that Cincinnati area, they went to Cincinnati to play for Luke Fickle. Now you can count on a pipeline from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. And, you know, and, and it's not just Cincinnati, even though there is a great uh, deal of talent in that area. He knows the whole state. He's from here, born and bred. He's He knows this whole area. He knows what he's doing now. Um, Ohio State letting him go, I feel like, was a mistake. From from our side of things now for Luke Fickle is obviously a great move because, well, look at him now. Um, but I, I, this just hurts us in recruiting um, because he's going to come down here. He knows what talent is in this state. Well, in Ohio, I'm in Texas, obviously, but uh, he's going to build up a good program up there and he's going to change things around. I don't think he's going to uh, stick with the old Paul Christ, Barry Alvarez, uh, Burt. I don't think that they're going to do that power I nonsense from the from the 90s that they've been doing forever i don't think that's the case i think he's going to change the culture there and wisconsin within a few years they're going to be tough um as far as recruiting yes he's going to come in ohio and start to get some guys uh wisconsin's got a few guys from ohio before but not like what we're probably about to see but i'll tell you who this really affects I think this really affects Iowa and Minnesota big time because I think he's going to get some of the guys that they get normally from their own states that are decent. He's going to he's going to he's going to get those guys. Um, 
I think that uh, this really could hurt Illinois because, you know, Chicago talent there uh, going and getting those guys. Um, I think this puts Wisconsin on the level of, say, uh, Michigan and Notre Dame as far as their ability to recruit, uh, you know, beyond uh, just the Midwest a little bit here now, but yet be uh, be good in the Midwest. Um, Luke Fickle, I have a he did great in Cincinnati, and this is his first Power Five job. And like I said, if if things go really sour fast with Ryan Day, I just don't think Luke Fickle is the type of person who's going to walk out of Madison after one year. Like he he's gonna he's gonna be there for a few years. And boy oh boy, does it sure make the Wisconsin Ohio State games interesting, does it not? That's uh, that's going to be kind of painful for a lot of Buckeye fans to watch. And if 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 Ryan Day were to lose to Luke Fickle, you all know what's going to happen. Ooh, you that's all bad know. News. <laughs> you all know what's going to happen. You are. It's going to be. It's going to be just as bad as if they. Right. He lost to the state up north, as far as the people on social media, uh, uh, calling for his firing. Chris, what do you think, man? Well, I'll tell you. You guys talk about recruiting, but I'm going to tell you. This guy did a great job turning around a really irrelevant Cincinnati program after another former Ohio State assistant left for another Big Ten school and became quite the thorn in our side, that being Mark D'Antonio at uh, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I think he has the potential to be a tremendous thorn in our side. Mm-hmm. This guy plays, you know, now granted, he's going to have an offensive coordinator. He's a defensive guy. We all know this. But he plays a tough, physical brand of football, perfect for Wisconsin, perfect for the Big Ten Conference. I think he is going to turn this program around, guys. I think they're a bowl contender next year, and I think they are among the top four in, in the Big Ten by the following year. This guy gets more out of three- and four-star guys just about anybody I've ever seen. Look at what he did. He took Cincinnati and put them in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't doing that with five-star guys. Mm-mm. He's going to take those recruits, and, and he's got he's got a good basis to start with up there at Wisconsin already. They have some good, tough talent up there right now. And he is going to develop that talent. I think Aaron's right. I think he's going to change it up. It's not going to be strictly the old, you know, bloody knuckles in the ground and throw people around and, and get three yards four times in a row for a first down. Uh, he's going to change it up a little bit, but I think that he does not abandon that. He is going to play a physical brand of football that, guys, I'm telling you right now, he scares me because I think he could have that team playing more physical than what we're seeing out of that team up north right now. Mm. Um. Is is it not a perfect fit for that program? Oh, perfect. Absolutely. I mean, it is. It's a home run hire, man. Like I think What's those not? two are are just a match made in heaven. That program and that man, um, he's going to be successful there. I I, I guarantee it. This he's going to raise the level of play for Wisconsin again, and in doing so, I think Wisconsin finally has the type of person who can get them to the next level that they've just they've been on the door and knocking but they never could you know truly you know bust it down he's the type of guy who will bust it down so, yeah and I'll tell you I, what, like you said Eric he, they handcuffed Ohio State in the process mhm they really did they handcuffed Ohio State as far as Ryan Day is concerned in the process well there's two advantages for Ohio State when it comes to if it were if the day were to ever come where we had to go get him. Number one, we've got more money than in Columbus, Ohio, than Madison, Wisconsin does. So you can back the Brinks truck up to his house. But here's the thing. I don't think this guy is is, is swayed by dollars. No, he's, 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 he's not, he's got, dude. East, or, uh, East Lansing definitely got more money than anything in Cincinnati, and he did not take that job. So it's going to take more than money. So and when, we still don't know if he holds a grudge against Ohio State and, and Gene Smith for never giving him the opportunity to at least interview for the job. 
So it'll be very interesting over the next few years what what this all means for Ohio State. But the Big Ten just got better overnight with that hire. And he was not the only hire. Uh, Matt Rule is a big name in college football. Now, I know he did not have the success in Carolina that he had uh, in the NFL that he, than he, that he had in NCAA in football. He started out in Tulane, or excuse me, Temple. He took a 2-10 and ten Temple team. Uh, his first year, he was 2-10. and ten. Second year, 6-6. Six and six. And then they were really good this last two years 10 and 4 10 and 3 they were 7 and 1 in their conference those years uh went back to back bowl games and then he got the Baylor job and of course his first year at Baylor they were awful 1 and 11 and then they were 7 and 6 and then they were 11 and 3 and they lost uh in the B- Big 12 championship game uh and those last two years they went to bowl games as well so He's coming into a situation in Nebraska where the Cornhuskers aren't aren't as bad as Temple was the first year he took them over or Baylor the first year he took those, them over. But in, on Nebraska standards, when you look at the totality of who they were from the 80s and on, they are they are pretty bad. It, it, it's going this one's going to be another season or two, I think, before he can get them to maybe where he had Baylor at. But this this is another good hire, guys. Um, let me ask you the same question, Chris. What do you think of this hire? Did it surprise you, and how does this affect Ohio State? It didn't surprise me at all. I think this is a very good hire for Nebraska. Like you said, Rule took, rule took ten, uh, Temple and Baylor and made these formidable programs. Um, he's a very good coach, very good defensive coach, um, and – like you said, Nebraska is nowhere near as bad off as those two programs were. Yeah, I think he's going to turn them around. I think he's going to make them a respectable program again. Will they be contending for a top spot in the Big Ten? I don't think they will be anytime soon. But they're going to get out there. They're going to shock some people. They're going to play some good football, I believe, under under rule. Um, I think it'll probably be three to you know, three to four seasons before they're solidly competitive. Um, of course, at that time, there won't be comp- or divisions in the Big Ten anymore. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to make Nebraska a very competitive team and one that could sneak up and surprise some people maybe once every few years, slide into uh, towards the conference championship game. Um, but, again, I see that as being three to four seasons off when he can fully really restructure the culture there that was really, you know, broken under Scott Frost. Um, yeah, great hire. And, and just to, to address the doesn't do well in the didn't do well in the NFL. Urban Meyer didn't do well in the NFL, but he was a very good college coach. He did better than Urban did. <laughs> uh, Nick Saban was a horrible NFL coach. And look at those championship rings that guy sport. Right. You know, just because you're a great college coach doesn't mean you can do squat in the NFL and vice versa. So, yeah, I think this was a really, really good hire. I think Rule's going to have great success in Nebraska. Again, I don't know that he's, you know, threatening for a Big Ten title anytime soon. But, you know what, I think if they give him the time to build the program, it's going to be a really solid hire. Aaron? Yeah, I I, I can't say that I was like – I I wouldn't say I was surprised. Um, I I honestly didn't have any expectations for who they were going to get. I had no idea – who they were going to go out there and get. I didn't, you know, I didn't know if they were going to steal the guy from Iowa state or I had no idea what Nebraska was going to do. Uh, cause they're kind of weird and out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of America. So there's that. Um, as far as what Matt rule, I think can do, you know, when he was at temple, when he was at Baylor, the transfer portal wasn't a thing yet. You could get transfers, but it wasn't free agency the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to play a huge factor because Matt Rule, even though he didn't perform well in the NFL, he's well respected in the college community. So, you know, I, I it, the average turnaround was two years. You know, it t- took two years uh, at Temple, two years at Baylor before he had him ten win seasons. So, 
I with the transfer portal and his now NFL experience, um, and I think it also depends on the coaching staff he gets. But I say Nebraska will be going to a bowl next year, and I think that uh, it's going to come down to them and Wisconsin in the West in general. I think that's going to be the matchup to look at. You know, a lot of teams. You know, Purdue, Iowa, Illinois, a little. You know, every. 15 years, but I, I think Nebraska is going to be a mainstay within two years, and I think that it's going to be between them and Wisconsin. Which is what we anticipated when Nebraska first came to the Big Ten and then when Scott Frost came to Nebraska. We anticipated them being someone who was going to compete for the West, and we got we got none of that. And so my I think this is a good hire. I, I he doesn't scare me as much as Luke Fickle does, but that's more from an Ohio State perspective. I think Matt Rule is a very good college coach, knows what he's doing, and and can make a very good program out there. But it, my perspective as an Ohio State fan is this only helps us because it's going to help the Big Ten. Nebraska being bad has really hurt the Big Ten. Um, when you have when you don't have a really good Nebraska and you're counting on an Iowa or a Minnesota or a Purdue to carry the water in the West, it's it, that's not good. You need you need the you need the the uh, the respect that to uh, that Nebraska has that that carries with them. And that's something that the Big Ten has lacked. You know, I thought we were getting the Penn State of the of the West here when Nebraska was coming along, and we've gotten more of the Maryland of the West is what we've gotten. And shooting, even the last couple of years, Maryland's been better than them. So uh, we need Nebraska as, as, as a Big Ten fan. We need Nebraska to be Nebraska. And uh, hopefully Matt Rule can get Nebraska to a much more competitive stance so that when you play Nebraska and you win and you beat them, that's considered a good win. Right now, it's not even considered a good win. So that's my two cents. Um, anything else on that, guys, or anything else you'd like to add about these hires? No, I think they were great hires. I think uh, a couple of university presidents went out and uh, did a really great job, them and their athletic directors. Yep, 100% with Chris. I also thought that that was a very good take, Chris, uh, comparing Luke Fickle to D'Antonio. I think that that is very similar, actually. Spot so, on. To and, what and actually, we're Fickle see. had a lot more success at Cincinnati than D'Antonio did. He did. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. He did. His best season was what, seven and five? I don't know what his best season was, but I'll tell you this much. He didn't take Cincinnati to a bowl game like Luke Fickle did in the CFP. That's for sure. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. A little bit different than what we've been doing in the last, uh, oh gosh, I don't know, 13, 14 weeks since the season started. But um, we've got a couple more of these. And, of course, we will start to slowly begin to preview uh, the Peach Bowl, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. As the Buckeyes prepare for the Bulldogs of Georgia, this is going to be very interesting. Um We've got a couple shows. Of course, Christmas is just around the corner as well. And after Christmas, guys, it's bowl time, baby, bowl season. And uh, looking forward to all of that. Chris, anything exciting going on over there at the Ohio State Store and lots more that you could like to share? Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, some great things going on right now. we got uh, some special set up, $5. We're clearing out, clearing out some of the old merchandise, $5 a piece. We're, of course, bringing in the uh, – we got some odds and ends teams uh, and some non-sports stuff in there right now. Some uh, Star Wars, got some of that Baby Yoda stuff rocking for people. Uh, that's, uh, you know, got a table set up. But uh, more than anything, you know, we're just getting ready to go into our holiday hours. Uh, we've got a shipment of jerseys coming in. Um, soon, hopefully, we will have the Marvin Harrison Jr. jerseys back in stock, which, guys, as you can imagine, we cannot keep in stock. Uh you know, we've got, uh, you know, the Browns, the Bengals, all that going on. So, yeah, I mean, we just got a lot of things going on. Holiday hours are kicking in starting the 13th. We're going to be open every day. So there you have it, guys. Uh, check that out. Get your Christmas shopping done. And uh, if you like Ohio State merchandise and memorabilia, make sure you get a hold of Chris and he will hook you up. One of the reasons why my basement looks the way it is is because of that guy. So 
Awesome. All right, Aaron, you got anything exciting happening in the United States Army? You like blowing stuff up and things? Uh, you know me. I just drop warheads on foreheads. That's about it, man. <laughs> Who doesn't love to blow some stuff up, right? <laughs> That's what I mean. It's not. I don't even have to pay for it. It's just, you know. <laughs> so good oh man it's so good all right guys as always be kind to one another io someone's oh and sing carmen ohio with all your heart and until next time oh io go bucks oh come let's sing oh praise and songs through while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat Oh, winter's cold, the seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Ohio. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.